is Wednesday, May 4th, 2011, and this is Radio Wave. the Medj Network Information Service. I'm Robert John. Sending it back. Florida State Governor Rick Scott turned down a shocking $2.5 billion from the federal government in February for a high-speed rail project. Governor Scott's decision came shortly after two other state governors, John Kasich of Ohio and Scott Walker of Florida, turned down a combined $423 million in federal funds for other projects. The rejection of federal funds is a clear sign of a growing sentiment of disapproval of the federal government's freewheeling spending, and these moves also shed light on the growing sense of independence that citizens and states feel from the federal government. As further examples, a majority of states have passed laws opposing Barack Obama's health care reforms. Many have passed gun control laws that stymie federal efforts at gun control and others are passing immigration laws that differ from federal law. Battles for freedom and battles about the supremacy of state versus federal law have been around since the founding and framing of our nation. But the continual and farther-reaching encroachment by the federal government into the lives of citizens and states has begun to come to a head in recent years, especially due to aggressive moves made by the Obama administration. Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott stated, quote, This has been brewing for decades, and the Obama health care package happened to be that catalyst. It emboldened us to assert states' rights with regard to an array of different issues in which we are feeling that the federal government has overstepped its bounds. Our Lady said on November 25, 1989, Little children, I desire that your decisions be free before God, because He has given you freedom. Therefore, pray so that free from any influence of Satan, you may decide only for God. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Homeschoolers under attack again. A Mississippi state judge recently issued an order to public school attendance officers to provide him with the names of all homeschoolers in his district. After being alerted by homeschoolers, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, an organization that defends the rights of homeschoolers, took action and obtained a stay of the order from the Mississippi State Supreme Court. The Homeschool Legal Defense Association noted that the cause for the order, quote, came on for hearing on the court's own motion, end quote, and not as the result of any hearing, case, motion, or dispute 
brought before the court by outside parties. Apparently, the judge himself simply wanted the information. A spokesman for the state court system stated that the court case was confidential and that there were no documents, no information, and no explanation available. Michael Ferris, chairman of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, stated, quote, We believe that Judge Walker's order is an inappropriate use of judicial power, end quote. Another attorney for the association, James Mason, spoke of the danger that arises if judges begin to act this way, stating, quote, That would have a chilling effect on freedom of association and the exercise of other freedoms, end quote. Our Lady's words of October 24, 1988, indicate that she too is interested in protecting the way of parents educating their own children. She said, Your mother wants to call you to pray for the parents of the whole world so they know how to educate their children and how to lead them in life with good advice. This is the MEDGE Network Information Service. Organic Groups File Suit Against Monsanto the Public Patent Foundation recently filed a lawsuit against Monsanto to challenge the company's patents on genetically modified seeds. The plaintiffs, which included family farmers, organic agricultural organizations, and seed businesses, sued preemptively to protect themselves from being sued by Monsanto for patent infringement in the case that their plants become contaminated by Monsanto's genetically modified crops. Benjamin Cardozo, the Public Patent Foundation's executive director, stated that although it may seem strange that an organic farmer could be accused of patent infringement if contaminated by a patented genetically modified plant, but, quote, Monsanto has made such accusations before and is notorious for having sued hundreds of farmers for patent infringement, end quote. Many people are alarmed by the rapid moves that companies like Monsanto and even many farmers are making in the realm of genetically modified agriculture, believing that such methods enter into the dangerous realm of disturbing the natural processes of nature and trying to play God. Many of the properties of genetically modified seeds and plants are destructive to not just the modified plants themselves, but also towards any plants that they might cross with or contaminate. Our Lady said on January 25, 1991, Satan is strong and wishes not only to destroy human life, but also nature and the planet on which you live. From the MEDGE Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. It was an event you didn't hear of. Never a warning given. Never reported in the headlines. August 2nd, 1981. A declaration of war. The Virgin Mary appeared at an obscure threshing floor in a corner of the world in an unknown village called Medjugorje. The Virgin told us that a great struggle was about to unfold between her son and Satan, and that human souls were at stake. All the while, the world moved forward into a war it didn't know was begun. You, between two sides, 
her son and Satan, heaven and hell, earth the battleground. The time of separation was started. On which side shall you be? Entering a new time, a booklet by a friend of Medjugorje, timeless in its message, important in its direction. Entering a new time from Caritas of Birmingham. Order on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on Medjmart, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. Entering a new time by a friend of Medjugorje, available from Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Shine bright, let your glory fill this land. Live high, the King of Kings and Great I Am. Shine bright, let your glory fill this land. Jesus the way, the only way. We have a culture today that's trying to show us many other ways to distract us. To distance us from Our Lady's Son. And people are empty and unsuccessful. And yet she tells us on the second of the month that God is the Father is sending her to show us the way to salvation. Stark message by some of the things she says in it. And yet we put Jesus, and I say we, on equal scale of other prophets, other religions. We've lost our zeal. Not as zealots, I'm not talking about being a zealot. We lost our zeal, our enthusiasm to be an evangelist what she calls us to be, apostles, to spread the messages, 
or rather, not these messages, but to spread the new message that Jesus gave 2,000 years ago. And so it is by sending her to show us the way to salvation. Our Lady wants to incite us, ignite us, be fire. The fire that reignites the world back to the sun. Our Lady of Medjugorje's May 2nd, 2011 message on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, God the Father is sending me to show you the way of salvation because he, my children, desires to save you and not to condemn you. That is why I, as a mother, am gathering you around me because with my motherly love, I desire to help you to be free of the dirtiness of the past and to begin to live anew and differently. I am calling you to resurrect in my Son. Along with confession of sins, renounce everything that has distanced you from my Son and that has made your life empty and unsuccessful. Say yes to the Father with the heart and set out on the way of salvation to which he is calling you through the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I am especially praying for the shepherds, for God to help them to be alongside you with a fullness of heart. And I think we could say this message is the fullness of a message. It's one of those wild messages. One to contemplate for some time, Especially the words, sending me to show you the way of salvation, because he, my children, desires to save you and not condemn you. We ourselves, of course, live in Alabama. We broadcast to the whole world. We're the outskirts of Birmingham. Of course, Birmingham all the way to Tuscaloosa. By now, many of you know about these tornadoes that came through. And there were people that, if they were told in 10 seconds would be dead, they wouldn't believe it. How could it happen? How could something so quickly take place? There was one story of a mother who, 10 seconds before tornado hit, hollered to her children to go to the hallway and her husband. They had just 10 seconds to grab a mattress, lay it on top of them in the hallway, the little sister was drafted out of underneath the mattress and one of the sons grabbed her and was able to hold on to her. Everything else vanished. The roof went off the house. They survived, but others didn't. There was another coach who walked to his place and found out that his neighbors had lost their daughter. So we never know when we're going to be taken. We know that we meet God's mercy on this side of life, justice on the other side. I think it's stark that he says, God, uh, rather, because he, referencing God, my children desires to save you and not to condemn you. We don't hear this that much. We don't think about perdition. Oh, we talk about hell. We say these things and look at it that way, but we seem to think everybody's going to make a passing grade. If not, they make it D-minus and make it to purgatory. 
We've got to start living and realizing we're in a great moment of separation. I just wrote a piece that I was writing just for a monthly newsletter, but it turned into something else as I wrote it. And it talks seriously about this. It's probably going to be the writing for the 30th anniversary. I did one 20 years at the 20th anniversary, which went into the hundreds of thousands of copies. I don't even know how many we ended up with, but it was <clears throat> continued, still read today. And it turned into that, and it's really talking about the condemnation that this culture is under the judgment of. Are you tainted by it? Does it affect you? And how is it that we can go through life thinking we can do our own thing or whatever how we want to do it our way as a message I recently gave saying not as God you think but as God really is. We mold God according to our beliefs and our biases and what we want Him to be. We can change Him because nothing's solid, nothing's rooted into who really God is. He is a God that brings everything to justice and everything back to the natural order. And there's a lot of things now out of the natural order. And so these tornadoes that come through, as they did through Birmingham and near us, and we got damaged. We had damage two weeks ago before that one, which many of you know about. We put on our site. And then on this one that was ravaged, we had come close to us, knocked down a bunch of trees on the backside of some of our properties. Uh, just missed uh, a lot of expensive equipment we had. And it was supposed to come down through where we were. It just veered off. That's the second time that's happened. So we must always remember a people is not so much protected by their ornaments as their way of life. Many of the people who survived these tornadoes all said that it was they felt protection from God. Now the righteous often dies with the unrighteous. If you want to die, you want to be righteous. But suppose 10 seconds from now, your heart explodes. A lot of people don't even feel bad before that happens or an accident happens. And so we live in an area that is struck by these things. We were raised with it. It's normal for us. But these things called our life is what is important. A house is not important in many ways. Now, the things that are important is the way you live your life and be ready because you don't know what's going to be in 10 seconds and what's important to you and what's not important to you. So if we do what our lady says and pray, we'll come to that realization He was standing in the rubble of an old farmhouse outside Birmingham When some on the scene reporter stuck a camera in the face of that old man He said, tell the folks please mister, what are you gonna do now that this twister Taking all that's dear to you The old man just smiles Boy, let me tell you something This ain't nothing He said, 
situation in a place called Vietnam. And last year I watched my loving wife a 50 years west wind die. And I held her hand till her heart a gold stop on there. So this ain't nothing. Said I learned at an early age There's things that matter And there's things that don't So if you're waiting here for me to cry I hate to disappoint you, boy But I won't Then he reached down in the rubble And picked up a photograph Wiped the dirt off of it with the hand that he still had He put it to his lips and he said, man, she was something But this ain't nothing He said, I lost my daddy When I was eight years old That came in at the Ken Gate Mine Left a big old home And I lost my baby brother this friend in my left hand In a no-win situation In a place called Vietnam And last year I watched my loving wife For 50 years wish to win die We were holding hands When her heart of gold stopped pumping So this ain't nothing This ain't nothing No, this ain't nothing March 25th, 2006 Our Lady said, Courage Through each of your tribulations and sufferings, God will find the way of joy for you. Therefore, little children, pray, we are close to you with our love. So here it is, this great tribulation comes for many people who are suffering, many who are yet to be found. And what we're finding out now is one of the greatest tornado strikes in, in history. And many are wondering. Thank God we have Our Lady. What is she preparing us for? What kind of time are we coming into? And she tells us, through each of your tribulations and suffering, God will find the way of joy for you. Our culture is under judgment. She says, free the dirtiness. Free from the past and begin to live anew and differently. What does that mean? Well, we have many things in our culture 
that deceptively help us to walk the wrong way. It's our spiritual direction without us recognizing it. You can say, how can it be spiritual? Well, Satan's spiritual. He's, a, he's in the spiritual realm. You can't see hell. And yet, all he talks about that God will not condemn you. Scary words. He not to condemn you. The whole sentence, because he, my children, desires to save you and not to condemn you. We think this all-loving God is always lenient. But Ali gives an ingredients in here what's required for his leniency, because he is. Seven times 70. Along with confession of sins, renounce everything that has distanced you from my son that has made your life empty and unsuccessful. We are an unsuccessful culture today. People are not happy. People are dissatisfied, discontented. Coming back from Rome yesterday, customs naturally with what happened with the bin Laden and being removed from this earth, face whatever his judgment would be. Security was tighter and it took us over an hour and much a little over an hour to get through customs at least. And because so many people were coming back from Rome, a direct flight, there were some priests and nuns. There was a priest right behind me and another woman beside her and my wife. And she struck up a conversation while in line, this woman did, to, to the priest. And she continued on with this conversation about, oh, how happy she was. Then I heard him ask, does she live in Italy? She said, yeah, for 10 years, but now she lives in the States because of family, and she doesn't go back and forth. But it kept coming back to uh, the, her purpose in life. And then she says she's Presbyterian. She has trouble with Catholicism. And the priest um, just looked at her, and she says, well, my real trouble is with uh, the Pope, and, and y'all pray to Mary. Of course, my heart starts beating. But I said, this priest can handle itself, so I'm not going to intervene with it. I didn't know the priest. I never talked, didn't see him on the plane. So this conversation goes on. And then he says, well, I, I'm just coming from Rome with the Holy Father. And talks about how he ups out and how intercessing and how Mary's your mother. She says, I don't need a mother. I'm happy. I'm very happy. And her emphasis on being happy was showing that maybe she wasn't so happy. So then he said, well, I just came from uh, Medjugorje. So then, you know, I really got perked up. And so he went on to tell her about the Virgin Mary's appearing there. She wants to be a mother. She said, well, I don't need that. I don't need that. And I turned around then spontaneously and says, you do need that. You just don't know you need that. And this priest, who I don't know, I haven't talked to, is telling you the truth about Medjugorje. And then I gave her the Medj.com site. Well, she said, I... I was in a crash 10 years ago, and I should have been killed. And I know I'm supposed to have some meeting. I just, I, I got some purpose to life. And yet she's telling us she's happy. And she went on to saying so much. My wife started saying something to her. She finally turned around and says, well, I was Baptist once because she was bashing Our Lady. I was used to be Baptist, and I, and I know I need Our Lady. I'm Catholic. <clears throat> and she was saying, well, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need this. So our conversation went on further and further. But what came out of it was she was going to check out the site. 
uh, I exchanged addresses with the priest. So several things fruit came from that conversation. And during our whole conversation, it realized it came to something that she's missing her life. She's got grandchildren. So she's been married, but she don't have nobody. So I conclude probably she's divorced. Maybe she might be widowed, but she was lonely. And yet she was so emphasized, oh, I'm happy, I'm happy, that even the priest says, well, you're searching for something. And so it became very obvious that she's not successful. Everything that's distanced you from my son that has made your life empty and unsuccessful. And I guess that probably maybe a divorce because so many people are. And we got this dirt in society of, of relationships that comes from so much of the dirtiness that comes to us is through broken family. And people are unsuccessful at what they're doing. They're unsuccessful at being lonely. We've got, there's two songs I want to play for you right now. <clears throat> That's in contrast. It's by the same singer. Sarah Evans, sing, Sarah Evans sings both songs. The first one's new again. And it's good. It's both of them are beautiful songs. But I want to play the first one and then discuss the second one before we play it. The first one, she's singing as the Blessed Virgin Mary to her son Jesus at the cross.
of me This is not Tell me it's not It's not the end I am making all things new again A song that typifies the beauty of what happened there at the foot of the cross. And of course, Sarah Evans sings this. And she's got a new song out at this moment called A Little Bit Stronger. It's amazing that the disguise that Satan high sweetens songs, beautiful songs that fall into relating or being placed in position when you listen to it as satanic tactics, deceptions that you can give empathy for yourself and place yourself in that position that's being sung about. Actually giving you a spiritual direction, a walk, a confirmation that you're making the right decision. A temptation no different than Jesus when he was in the desert, and with empathy, the devil says, in your hunger, turn these stones to bread. The pity of the devil, feeling sorry for Jesus. Do this. Don't think Jesus wasn't tempted to do it. It wouldn't be a temptation if he wasn't tempted to do it. And so we have a culture so dirty that it looks clean. The songs can be beautiful. A real impact on the heart and the soul. And yet, 
filled with satanic suggestions. And so it is, the same singer that just sang the song you just heard sings this one with a deceptive message. Very clever and very beautiful. today and I still feel the sting of the pain but I brush my teeth anyway I got dressed through the mess and put a smile on my face I got a little bit stronger riding in the car to work and I'm trying to ignore the hurt so I turned on the radio stupid song made me think to it for a minute but then I changed it I'm getting a little bit stronger just a little bit stronger
How many times have we self-drugged the sacred heart down into our dirtiness and our mud? Letting you drag my heart around? This song violates every Christian principle of what we're supposed to be doing. And the dirtiness of the culture is that songs like this are so powerful that you're going to have people leave their spouse because of listening to this song. The confirmation or their sign, their spiritual direction, the evil direction. I'm done with how it feels spinning my wheels. I am done hoping. Hoping. We're supposed to always have hope. Hope is necessary for miracles. Hope is the reason we're to be able to continue. Without this hope, there's no miracles. When you kill hope, you kill the possibility for things to change. So this song shows us as Christians... We're also as pagans. One says something beautifully, tells us about the heart at the foot of the cross, the other, the rejection of the cross. Christian and pagan. That's us in the society today. A symbolic parallel of the church. Churched people. Many who are getting divorced, many who are separating. And if you can't love your spouse, then you need to fall in love with the concept of marriage who, of which came about by a creator that no man can undo. No one has the right to do. What God has joined, nobody can separate or put asunder. And so for those who think, I'm done thinking, you could ever change, our ladies come to tell us, you change. It's you who I'm concerned with. Save you. Not to condemn you. And not only does divorce condemn through the tragedy that results in the kids and the hurt and injuries, but they have trouble for salvation from there. It's where non-believers come back. This is what we're talking about tonight. The second of the month, which is non-believers. Those who've never known the love of God. The family is important. Maria and I was both speaking in Italy to a convent a few days ago. And she told me to get up and speak to these retired nuns. Many of them with walkers and wheelchairs. Some were young. They were, <clears throat> we just had the apparition, or Maria did. And as I spoke to him, I started giving the background about the bedroom, what her lady did, the altar of her, uh, the altar here of her apparitions, the bed, the family bed, the bedroom apparitions, and they were just fascinated by this. And I told them that the family is in such crisis. It's in such a, a disarray. And they began to cry. Maria was even surprised. And some of them, you could hear them moaning and crying, sobbing. And you think, all these nuns from different orders there in this retirement home, in this convent, that they, we tend to think they don't have any family problems. They come up to me, wanting to touch me, wanting to touch Maria, begging me, here's my name, remember my name, speaking in broken English. Some spoke good English or Italian. One said her, her brother is giving herself to the devil. 
She was distraught over it. It was amazing. Maria was amazed at the reaction. But this song and things in the culture like this so deceptively have led us on this walk that we can't even see the dirt anymore, even though we waddle in it. Our Lady says, That is why I, as a mother, am gathering you around me because with my motherly love, I desire to help you. She wants to show us to see what can't be seen at this moment. To see if you've already heard this song, did you see these things in here? I'm done hoping. There is nowhere in the Bible, there's nowhere in Jesus' teaching, there's nowhere in the saints' teaching where it says you can be through with hope. It's just the opposite. You're to hope against what's hope. Against all odds. And you never know what you might end up with. March 25th, 2006, message already quoted. Courage, little children. I decided to lead you on the way of holiness. Renounce sin and set out on the way of salvation. The way which my son has chosen. Through each of you, each of your tribulations and sufferings, God will find the way of joy for you. Therefore, Lord, children, pray. We are close to you with our love. Are we responding when we take this song, getting a little bit stronger, which really means I get a little bit stronger, I get a little bit stronger, just a little bit stronger, even on the weakest days. Which is really saying, I'm hardening my heart. My heart's getting harder and harder and harder. So the strength that the devil gives and leads you to is hardness, the lack of love. If you're commanded to love your enemy, what are you to do with the person you've had children with or you took a vow in front of with God? The one you lay in bed with. The one you've lived with for years. You're commanded to love. You're commanded to hope. You're commanded to stick it out. There's no other way and no other path Christ has given to you except that. Caritas of Birmingham, in the words of those who have visited. Thank you, thank you for a beautiful time. We love to come and visit, but leaving is so hard. Maybe it's a measure of what the visionaries feel when Our Lady leaves them each time she appears. The devil works hard on us between visits to make us forget the wonder and power that these events hold. This time, as all the other times, we experience many encounters with people and nature that gives us a lot to reflect on. One of the days, as we began to work our way down to the field from the tabernacle for rosary time, one of my granddaughters went ahead of me, skipping alone on the path the whole way down to the statue of Our Lady. I watched her closely. I saw her two braids and full skirt sway back and forth at the rhythm of her skipping. I reflect on her innocence wonder and unpretentious manner as she seemed to just enjoy the beauty of her space and environment. When we reached the pathway of the field, 
and now she was much further ahead of us because of her skipping pace, I saw her crest the little hill of the path with the blue backdrop of a spring sky and the top half of that sturdy pine dominating the scene. It seemed at the moment surreal, as if time was stopping, and I could sense the fervent desire of the mother wanting to keep her child happy, innocent, and living in the kingdom. We pray it will always be so. Our intention for them, as we brought them to be bathed in the light of Our Lady, was to protect their purity and grow in the experience of this time of grace. Whenever we make a visit to you there, we're enriched as we watch the children and the way of life that surrounds them. It is refreshing to see. We thank each of you. We thank you for your hospitality and hosting another great event with our dear mother. Thank you for your continued perseverance to sacrifice and provide for all of us that come. God's blessings of peace and joy. California. In the words of those who have visited, Caritas of Birmingham a place visited by Mary, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje. Join us here for our daily rosary, 11 a.m. Central Time. Caritas of Birmingham, home of the sacred sites, the bedroom of apparitions, and the field of apparitions. For directions, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205 672-2000 Caritas of Birmingham A place of prayer A meeting of hearts You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje Shine bright Let your glory fill this land wanted to draw a parallel to something um, that happened several years ago in which uh, uh, it's always struck me that Princess Diana and Mother Teresa died in relatively the same period of time. They made the same newspapers and such. And um, these two women who die around the same time, the whole world's attention on them, um, were really quite opposite in what God had called them to. 
And and these two songs, a little bit stronger and new again, actually tell their story. Which one uh, Mother Teresa followed, which one Princess Diana followed. But it seemed like God allowed that to to bring the world's attention to what to to reflection about what path you're following. And so here we are, um, just a few days ago, celebrating uh, Pope John Paul's beatification, the spiritual leader, not just of the Catholic Church, but the Christian Church. And on the same day, another spiritual leader makes the, the news, his death, somebody that had been um, leading a whole movement of the opposite way of, of what Jesus Christ uh, represents. And then in the middle of this, Our Lady gives a message and uh, you were in Rome when this message came out. You had to call us to get the message because you had no way to get it. And at that same time, we had just learned about Osama bin Laden's death. We, we, we told you that at the same time that we were telling you the message. And your immediate reaction was, Our Lady, after you heard the message, you said, Our Lady's speaking about <laughs> Osama's death. And then you had to hang up and leave. So... It, it really brought, we didn't have any kind of way to communicate that with you, what you, what you saw in the message. But and looking at the message through that worldview or that, that insight, I certainly can see that in this message, Our Lady can be speaking directly to the Muslims in what she's, uh, in, in having a fallen leader, uh, somebody who's presented as immortal and yet who dies in such a, an awful way. Um, but I wanted you to comment on, on just this whole situation that's happened. Well, I want to first say that every message applies to every situation. Every future event of the world will proceed forth from Medjugorje. If you're involved with Medjugorje and involved in the Medjugorje movement, and you don't believe that, you don't understand Medjugorje. Medjugorje is always greater than what we can think, the magnitude of which is to lead us down the road toward the end of the world. Am I saying by that that the end of the world's coming? No, by no means. I just got through writing, the writing I talked about in the beginning of the show, to talk about that, that our Lady's come to interrupt the time of the Antichrist, because it's not time for that yet. But the way we fight, the way we walk, the way we evangelize, the way we break away from the dirty culture and the dirt itself that we're under, we become an island, we become a rock. By being our Lady's rock, and that's what she's calling you to be, because Peter was a rock which, of which Jesus wanted to build the church on. If a lady says, I call you to be my apostles, and St. Louis de Montfort said, I'm rising up apostles, of the, our lady will come and rise up apostles of the latter days. What are you to her but the rock? And what is she but the ocean? And she's going to test you. She's going to put you through trial. She's going she's gonna to wear you down. But she don't want you to be frail. She doesn't want you to be drifted back out to the ocean by those waves that she allows of herself to come and give you the tribulations. But through the tribulations, she says, and sufferings, God will find a way of joy for you. We are to break away from that which holds us. Attach ourselves beside the sea, the sea of graces that she gives. Be on her shore, her shore, shore her, line, her mantle, I'm gathering you around me because with my motherly love, I desire to help you. And so you're not to be washed away. You're going to be rained on. You're going to be tried. You're going to be put to the fire. 
because all apostles are. All the saints were. But you're in a grand time with a grand woman. The woman. The woman of revelations. They want you to be her island. She'll pour out all the graces, more so than the oceans can pour out. She's like the ocean that takes my breath away, endless and open. And in a moment she can change like water flowing and filling up my soul. No way of knowing how deep she really goes. And sometimes I can predict her like the tides And some days her storm will take me by surprise But I'm her rock upon the shoreline I'm her piece of solid ground And I'm the one that she can lean on When her waves come crashing down And she's afraid that with the rain I'll drift away and I'll disappear But she's my ocean And I'm her island I ain't going anywhere What she don't know is Before she came along I was going nowhere so close to being gone Just another drifter lost at sea Until the day her love surrounded me Now I'm her rock upon the shoreline I'm her piece of solid ground And I'm the one that she can lean on When her waves come crashing down And she's afraid Away and I'll disappear. But she's my ocean, and I'm her island. But I'm staying right here Cause she's my ocean And I'm her island I ain't going anywhere Yeah, I'm her island Sunday, of course, was John Paul's beatification. There were so many people there that this is actually the most that's ever attended a Vatican event. Police had to actually cordon off an area outside of the Vatican to block people from coming in because it became a dangerous situation of so many people pressed together that it could have started a tragic stampede. We were pressed in the crowds for a while. Rampalo and us, we separated for a while, came back a little while later. 
But the speakers were way away from the Vatican, so everybody could hear it, even a mile away. But the priest comes on and he says that due to the unusual situation that we will offer absolution for your sins to everybody here for attendance to Sunday Mass. Because there was no way to attend the Mass. You couldn't even get close to the Vatican. Many were locked out on the streets blocks away. And he said, we know this is highly unusual, but the circumstances merit that. And so we were shocked by that. And we weren't able to attend Mass, and I was sick the whole day. We finally go back to a monastery where we're staying at, and I run across a priest who's following me down the stairwell. I was going to meet my wife. She'd already gone down the stairs. He started asking me questions. He was from Ireland, and he was just prompting to talk to me. Then he asked me, did we go this morning? He says, yeah. I said, yeah. And he, we went at 4 o'clock in the morning. We still didn't get where we wanted to get to. He went at 7.30 and came back. He says, I'm going to say Mass now. Did you go to Mass? I said, no. I said, we'd love to go. So we went to the chapel. I went and found my wife. We went in. And it was just him and another priest on the altar and just my wife and I in the church. And it was beautiful. It's one of those Masses you'll remember for the rest of your life. His homily was incredible. It wasn't but five minutes. But he told a story about John Paul going to Lourdes. They'd done the formalities and did everything. They went back to their port. And they're ready to get on a plane. And Stanislaus, his secretary, John Paul's secretary, says, or rather, John Paul turns to his secretary, Stanislaus, and says, I want to go back. And Stanislaus responds, everything's over. He says, I want to go back. So they went back to Lourdes, to the grotto, and he knelt down and he prayed in Polish. And Stanislaus overheard him say in his prayer, I can't go on. I can't do it anymore. And the priest relayed that John Paul's life was coming to an end at that point. Everything was caving in, his health, the pressure, the magnitude of carrying the spiritual church of the whole world and his responsibilities. And he's there in Lourdes begging early, I can't do it anymore. But in the end, he ended his prayer saying, totus tuus, totally yours. And in other words, if possible, Father, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, your will. And thereafter, and just before his death, he was carried to the window to give the Angelus a blessing every Wednesday. They propped him up, and he couldn't make any words come out. He just fell back into the chair. And so it is. Our lady asks you to be her rock. She depends on it. She is frightened. She's afraid that the rain would drift you away and disappear. And so it is when she tells us with seriousness, my children, God desires to save you and not to condemn you. We tend to think heaven is very far away. 
is way off in a distance. But is it so far that we compare the hell's other distance the same equal way? Hell is way, way away. If you think heaven's far away, you could never imagine the distance it is to hell for eternity. And we don't talk enough about this. We don't think about it for our loved ones. Will we see them there? What are we doing? Can you imagine a husband who's wayward and a wife saves him by staying with him? She's not going to do anything compared to what Christ did for her. And yet, our lady was approached through a visionary in Medjugorje because her husband was abusive to a wife. And I answered, Jesus also suffered. You stay with him. And this works for the husband also the same way. We've got to heal the culture. The culture is made up of family. The individual makes up the family. To heal the culture, you have to heal the family. And one day, one day, you'll see that heaven isn't so far away. And you'll be glad you carried those crosses and your life saved others. Every day I drive to work across Flint River Bridge A hundred yards from the spot where me and Grandpa fished There's a piece of his old fruit stand on the side of Sawmill Road He'd be there peeling peaches if it was twenty years ago And what I wouldn't give To ride around in that old truck with him If heaven wasn't so far away I'd pack up the kids and go for the day Introduce them to their grandpa Watch him laugh at the way he talked Find my long lost cousin John The one we left back in Vietnam Show him a picture of his daughter now She's a doctor and he'd be proud Tell him we'd be back in a couple of days In the rear view mirror We'd all watch him wave Yeah, losing them wouldn't be so hard to take If heaven wasn't so far away Three of those girls we lost from the class of 99 I'd find my bird dog Bo Take him hunting one more time Janice to sing the second verse of me and Bobby McGee Sit on a cloud and visit for a while It'll do me good just to see them smile if heaven wasn't so far away I'd pack up the kids and go for the day Introduce them to their grandpa Watch them laugh at the way he talked Find my long-lost cousin John The one we left back in Vietnam Show him a picture of his daughter now She's a doctor and he'd be proud Tell him we'd be back in a couple of days 
so far If heaven wasn't so far If heaven wasn't so far Our Lady calls you to begin to live anew and differently. Say yes to the Father with the heart and set out on the way of salvation, to which He is calling you through the Holy Spirit. Until next time, we wish you, Our Lady, we love you. Good night. <laughs>